Good evening, listeners uh, to TDN Radio. This is This Week in Interview. I am your host, Anthony Drago. It's Wednesday night, and Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. in Eastern Caribbean, we do this activity every Wednesday where we have conversations with interesting persons. <clears throat> we find topics of interest. We find people who have interesting topics that they want to talk about, and um, we share the information. I have the distinct privilege to have this conversation with accomplished persons, and I also enjoy sharing those conversations with you. So welcome again. If tonight is your first night listening to this weekend interview, welcome. And if if it is uh, your if it is your your if you're a regular listener, then I I want to tell you that we appreciate your 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 presence. Let's listen to Mikael Anderson where I will start the show with Vicario Comantem and um, we'll be right back. From many distant lands Our forefathers came Some seeking adventure Some bound in chains Through battles waged and Their courage, our freedom was gained. In homage to those gone before us, us, the heroes of lands in the sun, we vow to join hands and to focus on building one Caribbean. Raise your voices high, sing of your courage. You know, there are many choices when it comes to domain registration, web hosting, and dedicated servers. But I have to tell you about Jocko Hosting. They're simply the best. With their 99.9% uptime guarantee, 24-7 sales and support teams, you'll never have to worry. Get in touch with them today. They offer plenty of other products and services like SSL certificates, managed WordPress, and more. Call or click today, 480-624-2500. Jocko.com. That's J-A-C-H-Q-O dot com. And as I promised you before the break, tonight is a special night. We have not one guest, but we have two guests. I actually have uh, a guest host in studio with me. And um, also we, uh, we are joined by Mr. Michael Astafans, all the way from, from Dominica. So tonight is going to be pretty interesting. We're going to have a conversation about issues that affect Life in Dominica, life in the Caribbean, by extension. Uh, but right before the break, uh, I, I was welcoming the, the, the listeners who, if tonight is your first night that you listen to this week in the interview, uh, I, I appreciate your feedback, but I hope also that uh, we will, you will find our, our, our program sufficiently interesting that you will become a regular listener. And those regular listeners that I have, 
every Wednesday that, that spend the hour from 8 to 9 with me. Welcome back. I hope you had a great week. And I appreciate your time very much. Um, let's jump right into it. As, as I told you, we have a guest host in studio with me tonight. Um, none other than the person, Mr. Alvin Thomas. Alvin, um, welcome to, to the studios of, of this week in interview. And, and we look forward to having a very lively conversation. Thank you, Tony. Thank you for having me uh, this evening as a co-host on this week in interview. Um, certainly, it is a pleasure to be there. Um, it's one of the programs that I have myself followed over the years and participated in as, as, as a guest. But this evening, uh, being able to share uh, the co-host hosting the show with you this evening certainly is a pleasure. So I look forward to the interaction and I uh, want to say uh, welcome to our listeners this evening. All right. And, and also our special guest tonight is Mr. Michael Astrofins. And he's here tonight. He, he wears many hats. Um, but um, primarily we invited him on as uh, a member, as, a, as the acting leader of the Dominica Freedom Party. Yes, you heard me right. Dominica Freedom Party. I bet you thought that they, they were no longer active. But surprise, surprise, they, they're very active. And Mr. Astafans is leading the charge in, in trying to make sure that the party is, is, is ready and well oiled by the time the next election goes around. So, Michael, welcome to this weekend interview. It's your first time. I hope certainly it will not be your last time in this weekend interview. Well, let me say good evening to you and Alvin and to your listeners. It's a pleasure to be here and it's a pleasure to be invited to this program. Anything I can do to, um, educate Dominicans on what's going on and what is going on within the Freedom Party in particular to ensure that um, we are ready to address the issues confronting Dominica. I'm, uh, I'll be prepared. Trust me. So, um, listeners, I, I don't know how familiar you are with, with the Freedom Party. The Freedom Party was in um, was in office in Dominica on the Eugenia Charles government. I certainly know now I'm surely bringing it into perspective. Because everybody knows of the Eugenia Charles. So the Freedom Party w was her party. And she was in power from 1980 until um, 1995. Um, there were 15 years and they were in Dominica. There are many people who would argue that um, those were the, the best government years. Um, of Dominica, and there were some, there are some others who would beg to differ to that opinion. However, um, right now we have a Dominica Labour Party in power, we have the United Workers Party as the opposition, and, um, persons, some people, I guess, would have assumed that the Freedom Party, um, may have gone to sleep. But, um, if you remember, two weeks ago I had, uh, a wonderful interview, wonderful conversation with, um, with Miss Annette Sintiller. And she's the one that actually clued me into the fact that no, 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 the Freedom Party is not there. The Freedom Party is very much alive. And, and, and I've already started making, um, arrangements for the next election. And so with that, I, I, I decided that we were going to invite, um, somebody from, from the movement, the Freedom Party movement. To, to come on and to give us an idea as to, you know, what is the approach? Um, how will the Freedom Party government be different from what's going on right now? Um, what 
what what Dominicans can expect, what are the plans that are in place. So, Michael, let's jump let's jump right in, and, and just bring listeners up to speed with with you know what what's happening from from your end in terms of the freedom party. Well, let me tell you something. A freedom party government has always been open and transparent, and one that is very authoritative in terms of knowing what they want to do and prepare a plan and implement it. Okay, what we have in right now is unfortunate that in a country who, um, when you travel as a minister, you had to present to parliament a report explaining to the people where you've gone, who you've met, and what you've done while you were all there, what negotiations you got involved in, and how that is going to benefit Dominica. This report, everybody had to do that whenever they traveled. Most ministers traveled with the heads of department or, you know, the deputy. You're finding now ministers travel when you hear that their friends that they met have been arrested and that they were in that country and that country. We've not had any reports. We do not have any reports being presented in parliament. Um, it's a sad is a poor excuse for democracy. We have, uh, under the Labour Party, certain things that happen that one would never have thought such a thing would happen in Dominica. I'll give you an example. We had a um, director of audit who's supposed to be somebody who is neutral, who's supposed to be non-partisan, and who's supposed to be somebody that you could trust to um, protect the people when they investigate in government expenditure. And in particular, um, you know, ensuring that monies are well spent. You had a member who claimed, that is in Mr. Christian, he was a card-carrying member of the Labour Party. And he would meet me at a, a supermarket and tell me, I must stop criticizing his prime minister. So you can see there was serious conflict. This guy served in Dominica under the Labour Party, and right now there are reports that have not been tabled in Parliament for several years. And I mean, this is a this is, could never happen under Freedom Party government, where the, the people need to know what it is that is going on in the country, that that they can rest assured that the director of audit is independent and he's non-partisan, and that any mis-expenditure will be reported to Parliament, which is basically giving account to the people of what what you've done. Okay, um, the Director of Audit has to, you know, basically look at your expenditure, where it went wrong, and to, you know, whether or not there are certain things that, that, that need to be certain individuals who need to give account and be challenged or even charged. But right now, under this um, Labour Party regime, a lot of things are happening, which um, our children, we have uh, to protect our children because we are basically not owners of Dominica. We are basically in control of our future generations, country, and we have to live it better than we found it. But the 
democratic process in Dominica seems to have been deteriorating under this regime and um, this Labour Party government. And we need to ensure that this can, cannot continue. So the Freedom Party you. is positioning itself to ensure that it, it, it will make a difference. First of all, we're moving to educate the young Michael, people. Before you move into that direction, um, and, and, and I take the point that you've made um, regarding the role of the director of audit, because as you rightly pointed out, the, the position or the role of the director of audit is clearly outlined in the Constitution, and it clearly stipulates um, what that role and function is. So you're absolutely right um, as indicating that the director of audit taking any partisan role of any sort, uh, whether for um, government or for opposition. So, so that in itself is, is, is a huge cry and, and is something that needs to be abhorred. Uh, but, but tell me though, in, in light of what you've just indicated, and, and before you even move into indicating where the Freedom Party stands and how they intend to proceed, what in your view led to that state of affair? Because it didn't just happen overnight. I, I think what, what, as, as on the ground, what do you think led to that? And, and I will sort of, um, as we go along this evening in the discussion, because you would recall when the Freedom Party, um, came into office in, um, 1980, it, it was as a result of several similar situations that took place during the latter part of the 70s, 78, 75, 79, uh, culminating with, with the Freedom Party being able to take office in 80. So my question to you, is, is what, in your view, has, has culminated in, in that situation, given that, of course, the Labour Party is into what? It's going into its fourth term? Yes. Right. So, so tell me what you think may have contributed to that. Let our well, listeners get a little insight into okay. that aspect. First, first of all, um, in 2000, right, there was a, a big cry about corruption and there was a move towards um, trying to address the issue of corruption and improve the accountability of the finances of, of government finances. The Freedom Party at the time was under the leadership of Charles Savre. And um, because of his management of the party they felt that they needed to move jointly with the Labour Party to get rid of the UWP. And um, a lot of persons, you know, can recall that um, the Labour Party campaign was to put in place integrity in public office legislation. What we found was it was unfortunate in Dominica you had the, um, two prime ministers um, pass, the passing of two prime ministers within a short space of time, within two years, two to three years of the um, Labour Party. And then the Labour Party leader that rose out of this um, unfortunate incident was Roosevelt Scary. His approach to governance was one that, you know, we've never seen before in that um, tremendous amount of funds were being put into campaigning and that you had a deterioration in the accountability in the governance of this um, country, okay? 
it was um tweeted that when um he he met with from the time he went to Barbados under Pierre to meet with um the Chinese embassy the Chinese ambassador in Barbados, his whole lifestyle changed. But the point is he became prime minister and he was young and a lot of people felt a young blood would do very good. But you know, you need to be in the role of security and you need to, need to understand that you need to create an enabling environment to attract investment. This lack of understanding of a development of a country and focusing on social um, programs that will get you re-elected and non-sustainable social programs to that, you know, led to the... Um, the, the the demise of our institutions, our democratic institutions. People were appointed in positions who were not qualified. You have certain investigations being being um, undermined, and you have the you know the, the 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 value of the democratic process being marginalized. So you find that uh, or being compromised. So you find that um, his popularity, he rose in popularity. And that the the reasons why he rose to popularity was the largest with which he 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 campaigned, the largest to which he made um, persons who support him move forward um, to the detriment of an economy that was was you know enabling for everybody to participate to create employment for young people. So how do so, we see um, an end to that? How do we see that? How, well, yeah. to see an end to that is we need to move forward with the the campaign, the electoral, um, the registration, the re-registration of our electors to ensure that we have a fair list, uh, a, a list that reflects the people qualified to vote in Dominica and they have ID cards. Okay? There's a OECS program to put national ID cards, and for that program to function effectively, there must be a re-registration. Now, the government move not to have a voter's ID card and to have a national ID card, and um, not realizing that it was independent of the government, it is managed by the OECS secretariat, and those who qualify to vote, when you um, turn 18, then you can only register and the voting um, qualification goes on the card. Now, that is a move in the positive direction. And the sooner we move to the re-registration, then you will see that the, the, um, the abuse that has taken place, bringing in people from everywhere to vote who don't qualify, okay? And sometimes without a picture ID, you don't know whether it's Michael Astafan in front of you or whether it's Alvin Thomas or whoever, you know, this sort of thing. Michael, so, uh, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. What is a, a point of contention is, is right there with people who don't reside in Dominica coming to Dominica to vote? What is but the position we, of the voting We in the Freedom Party don't have any problems with the diaspora voting. What we do not want is for the diasporans to be registered by a political party in areas where they don't, where, where they lack in votes to come and vote and change 
the the the, the, the government of a country. The outcome of the I election. think the issues right the issues of of the diasporans is one they work in the US they they have um, certain responsibilities that they want from their country insofar as uh, um you know diplomatic people to look at the issues confronting them overseas and when they return home they think so this they so I, I we see in the Freedom Party uh diasporans voting but they can only vote for a diasporan um, candidate, a representative. So they can only influence that um, constituency, the diasporan constituency, okay, so, so not the national outcome of an election. So, so, so you're saying that if somebody has been resident out of the country for X number of years, say five years... Six so months. We, we, we feel if you live Dominica for six months and you're not returning, not paying taxes here, then you still have a right to vote. But... For somebody to represent your interests living overseas, and if you plan to return, okay, six months. For the, you, for the, you think six months is long. Is not too short a time. Well, it might be too short a time, but um, what I'm saying is, if you leave Dominica to go uh, overseas to to live, mm-hmm. and you, you 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 form a family, but you helping your family in Dominica, you sending things home, okay. I think you can determine who should represent your interests as, as a diasporan and not to vote okay. for a so, particular so, constituency. So, so, so what I'm getting is that you would, you would create a constituency person. Let's just say con- a constituency that is the, the but, diaspora. Right. And, and therefore, yeah. the diaspora can have one voice in parliament. Right. And you, you remember Das had presented a paper and they were having a lot, so many problems as to the way it would go and not go. Mm-hmm. I mean, had there been a diaspora ministry where the people vote for, the, for that ministry, they would look after the investment that they would want to make in Dominica and, and, and that sort of thing. And then it would attract diaspora investment because in, in a positive way because they would be able to articulate the diaspora and, um, what incentive they would need to set up a bank or an industry or service in Dominica. And, and, and that is very important. A diaspora living in New York would not necessarily know what the people in Laplin would need or the people in Russo would need, you understand. Mm-hmm. But he would know as a diaspora with his children growing up who may want to return to Dominica, the type of health care he would want. Okay? So that they could seek investment in a hospital that can deliver the quality of health care that when he retires, he can get in Dominica. And that to make available Dominican physicians who work in the diaspora, who can offer certain um, specialized medical services that we don't have available in Dominica. I remember th- there was a, a doctor, what was his name, in Washington, who he, he passed, unfortunately, in an accident. Um, I know he grew up in the Virginian area. I don't quite recall his name now. But he used to come to Dominica and he developed with for GE uh, this this operation where you use a television and you, you use a um, fiber optics to go in there and do certain things. And he was training people in Dominica to do that. And he had a massive impact on the care of our women who had problems with you know, cysts and this sort of thing. And um, 
And, and, and this is the kind of things that a diasporan ministry would do for Dominicans and also for when they retire, they would come. Also, it would make our expertise available to us. And that, um, Dominicans overseas wouldn't seem like, I mean, you know, there's some persons who see Dominican overseas like, you know, they, 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 they didn't take the guy with us and those other things. This is absolutely, um, an, an attitude we want to, to get our people to understand that we need our people, no matter where they are, because they're the resource of Dominicans and how we deploy them for the development of our people to create employment for our young people is important for all of us because one day we're going to retire and you know where we, where we want to be? At home, in our village, comfortable, where the security people won't come and invade us in our homes, break and open our homes and abuse us. Okay, so it's important that people are educated, people are given employment opportunities and that we create an environment where they can see that they serve in um some level of 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 you know contribution to the development of the country. And this is where I figure uh, this is where I know for a fact that the Labour Party is 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 falling short tremendously because they do not understand development. They do not understand that um you don't give people things. You don't hand out to people. Where people have um, handicaps or they're in the minority groups or they, you know, you put safety nets for them. You, you, you create safety nets for them. You create programs to help and ameliorate their situation. And, but you want a country where people get rewarded for the hard work that they do. Michael, and that you Michael let me stick a pin in there a little. Oh, we'll get to end of that, but let me stick a pin there. Um, as far as the diaspora and, and their role, I, I think that is clearly, I think you've articulated that clearly well. And um, uh, I, I'm not sure how familiar you are, but the Irish, Ireland has a very effective um, diaspora and, um, how should I say, program in place. And you're absolutely right. I mean, the countries where they have established a working um, diaspora um, program have benefited tremendously from that. I think the issue that comes about is the political and the politicizing of this whole thing, as you indicated earlier. A political party, um, would solicit and, and, and aid persons to come in and vote for them. I think that is the issue. Earlier on also, you did make reference to the fact of the electoral, um, commission review and all of that. Of course, given the fact that the, that the government has a hand in that, as far as whether or not a review would go, let's let's sort of let's sort of take the political the the, the, the political part of all of this now, and where do you see and how do you see um, the Freedom Party engaging the people of Dominica to change some of these things that need to be changed? Because I recall that. As um, the Freedom okay. Party, in 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 the in when it decided that there was time to bring that change about in Dominica, um, the party was very vocal. And earlier on, I was sharing with uh, uh, a friend of mine here. We were just talking casually the political situation in in the United States, and we have now the oldest candidate running 
for president, Bernie Sanders, 74 years old. And he's saying that there need to be a political revolution in this country, United States. And as a result of that, he is garnering a lot of young people coming on board and voting and seeing and identifying. So in other words, my question to you is what kind of political revolution you think that needs to be brought about in Dominica in the right way to, to change? Because that we can go ahead all night, all night, all month, just talking all this stuff that not that they're not important. Don't get me wrong. The political reform and all of that. But unless we get up and recognize that there need to be a political revolution and, and, and get things going and go out there and let people understand, well, hey, this is a lot of nonsense. The director of audit being partisan, the, the electoral process not working as it should, you know, and all that type of stuff. Then we're going to keep talking for another five years, another four years. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. no. So, no, no, so let, me hear, let me hear your thoughts on that. Okay, let me tell you. We recognize that in Dominica, persons between the ages of maybe 24 and down of 30 and down, they do not know of the type of program that Freedom Party ran, the type of development that ensued when Freedom Party came into Dominica. It was massive development. There were how many hundred miles of road that was built, cedar roads, how many farmers they brought in, how many acres of bananas, acres of coconut, acres of, of coffee, and those things they brought in. It stimulated the economy that when people were living in the country areas in, in battered houses, Freedom Party got independent farmers who, di who, who, who basically, um, were the stimulants for the development of the economies that our children will be able to afford and families will be able to afford to send the children to universities and didn't depend too heavily on government. So this this was the period. Now they do not know of that kind of administration. So we have recently, we are members of the Institute of Democracy. We are also, we have the regional bodies, Caribbean Democratic Union, which is Freedom Party is a founding member of both organizations. Okay? One is an international one, which which has um, parties, sister parties, which have uh, uh, from center to um, you know center to right type policy, okay, to ensure that you know you have sustainable um, social programs and that you create an enabled environment environment sorry to attract investment. So we're members. Recently, we had. Two members go to Florida to the IDU annual meeting, okay, where um, Prime Minister Mitchell was elected as chairman. Just um, three weeks after that, we had three gentlemen, Frederick Barron, um, who was a past parliamentarian, Dr. Sam Christian, and Dr. Uh, no, um, Ken Vital. They went to England. And they did a training on basically for dealing with conversing with young people. How do you bring young people in? Okay. So we are moving forward in ensuring that the people we want to be part and parcel of the Freedom Party, which are the young people, so that you can maintain a party and that they make a difference. Okay. Is being, is being done. Okay. And we 
have, um, I just came from a meeting this afternoon, and that meeting was basically um, to look at the electoral um, reform, what we're looking at. And then we, 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 we presented a white paper to the electoral commission, and they requested that we do something jointly with UWP. And in 2009, we prepared, we, um, prepared a detailed um, proposal. Our meeting this afternoon, I, I'm just coming from a meeting, that's why I, I got here when I, when you called me, I was on my way home, where we discussed the electoral reform and how we're going to ensure that our recommendations that we gave in 2009 are tabled. Okay? Because we, 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 we don't have a problem we perceive with the, um, national ID card. We just want to ensure that we understand how it is run, who is responsible, and to ensure that nobody can take control of it and register people who do not qualify. But we are in favor of, of, of registration for ID cards and um, make no bones about it. We need to attract young people. They need to see themselves involved in politics. A lot of them see themselves going to political parties to see you, meetings to see you. We want to cut off these meetings and we want people to, to come to town hall meetings. We want to see um, candidates tell the people in town hall meetings and whether we will not have harassment, how they're going to manage their constituency and what they can expect from them. Okay? Well, well, I'm happy you raised, I'm, I'm happy you raised that, that young people and, okay. and what you've just shared because... I recall myself. But we cannot survive without that. I, I, yeah. I recall the Freedom Party had the YFM. You remember the YFM? Yes. With uh, yes, Kelvin Francis and all these young people. Johnson Boston. And um, what is this? Well, Ruth Scarlett was a member. Ruth Scarlett was a member. So the responsibility was going on now for them, but. No, I, I wouldn't say so because the Freedom Party <laughs> speaks to uh he didn't learn, he didn't learn anything in young freedom. A governance a basic governance principle that mm. that strengthens the democratic process. But, 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 but Michael on a serious note, um I know I know the last I mean not the last election, but the election that got United Workers Party out of office. Um, <laughs> there was sort of a collaboration, not so much, not much more yeah, co a collaboration and the Freedom Party that, that, that yeah. challenged United Workers Party. Mm. Is there, is there a chance of a similar working understanding with United Workers Party as, as the two entities who are, are, are not in, in, in office? Do you see, the possibility of a similar situation to try to get the, the current administration you, you, you out? See, I'm glad you asked that question. The Freedom Party has never, um, after this attempt with the Labour Party and a previous attempt with the UWP, the Freedom Party recognized, you know, that they assisting other parties is to their detriment and that we need to ensure that we have our own identity. Now, if we go into form a, any agreement with anybody, we have to be strong. What we see in the opposition and what we see in the leadership of the party, the issues have been debated in, in, in a way that we feel that much is desired. 
Okay, I, I, I see a lot of time is being spent dealing with issues that are, 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 are very contentious, but the way it is there is like we, we're not serious. You know the recent um, talk uh, abuses that has been going on with our children, our young children, especially our young girls. This has, um, you know, gone viral all over the place. Not only that, trading pornography of minors is illegal, but everybody has it showing all around. And, and this, I think, it's, it's unfortunate. And the Freedom Party do, do, does not condone that. We, we've spoken about it. We had a press release on the matter. And we would like to see persons with that destroyed. Because you cannot do that to our young people. Okay? So we have a situation. But it's not only the politicians and the leaders that are involved in that. The, the society, quite a few persons are taking advantage of our young people. There's a focus on, on the politicians and the opposition leaders. But it's it's a problem that Dominica has to face. If you look at the when they did the um, poverty alleviation plan, okay, the program, the poverty alleviation program, mm. and they did the poverty assessment. This was one of the major factors: the abuse of our young children. Legislation was prepared, not not prepared. Sorry, recommendations were made for legislation, and this government sat down on it. They said they love our people. What did they do to protect our young people? Nothing. Because of the outcry, right now, there's a move to deal with the legislation. But that is over 10 years they, they sat on the recommendation. Is it because they wanted the, they didn't want laws to, to tie them down when they do, do certain things? I don't know. But a lot of people are pointing fingers at them and their involvement. But the point is, if you do not protect your young people, that's the future of Dominica and the legislation to protect them and the moral fabric of this country. If you don't legislate to protect them and the moral fabric of the country, the country will be destroyed. And that is what we are observing. It, it, it's coming to fruition and people uh, are, are quite upset. I, I just, just um, this week, we were talking to a gentleman who said, you know something? I was a liberate under the Freedom Party. I know because my brother was actively opposing the Labour Party and Eugenia Charles that I was victimized. But you know, I cannot say nothing wrong about the Labour Party, the Freedom Party in terms of their moral conduct, in terms of their use of public funds. You know, that speaks volumes to the type of or, or, of governance that the Freedom Party holds. We do not want any of our members abu abusing anybody. That is something we will deal with strictly. Okay? So, if you cannot protect your young people, then what is going to happen to the future of this country? And that is if, that is where Dominicans must understand when you're electing people, you elect people who not only respect you, but they respect the future generation. So, Michael, Wait, Michael a... my, my question, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but my question, therefore, um, given, given the, 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 the information you just shared with the listeners as far as the meeting in Florida and the, being a member of the, um, Institute of Democracy and the folks who travel, I think you said to London to kind of, you know, 
see how to engage with young people. How optimistic are you that, you know, um, some sort, I mean, we don't necessarily preempting what, what your internal strategic plans might be, but how optimistic are you? Because at the end of the day, Michael, at the end of the day, as you know, and, and, and I know myself having been to some extent been involved with politics in Dominica before I migrated, Unless you have these troops on the ground, no matter whether you start with, you know, one apostle, two apostles, and build it up gradually, all of what we are discussing tonight and all what you, 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 you hope for, it's just going to be a matter of discussion. So, how optimistic are you um, that given the actions and given the plans that you're currently undertaking, it's going to gain fruition and to begin to get some sort of mobilization on the ground, if you understand what I'm saying. Okay, um, just to, to let you know, we, we, we've begun our mobilization. Okay. We go into the constituencies. We need to, to take a more active role in that. But we prepare a strategic plan, okay? In addition to the strategic plan, okay, there are certain things that they've been projecting that they had. The statistics that department cannot publish data, you know, that they have, they calculate using standard economic principles and the indicators, because all the indicators are, are, are negative. A lot of the growth that they claim they have, it is as a result of what you may call, what people may call fat, but it's corruption. In other words, a $20,000 project may go for 30. Well, let me tell you, if you go to the airport, which is a very important um, economic um, asset of the country, the tarmac is not prepared. So if one plane comes in to let off people, and 10 minutes later, half an hour later, another plane comes, and that plane has not left, and that plane who came in, he, um, you know, is it Michael? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. Um, the tarmac is not being... Okay, Michael is talking about the, um, the condition of the airport. I think we lost contact. Oh my god. Um, let's see if we can, if we can, if we can remake the connection. Not quite sure why we're having these issues tonight. Listen, as, as I promised you, I'm sure you agree that the, the conversation is pretty interesting. The rest of the show, I will ask the producers to um, to give us some additional time for what we are losing in terms of the um, disconnection from the server. But um, I, you know, Mike, I think Michael is um, <coughs> painting a very dire picture of of the state of affairs in Dominica. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, I mean, from from what he's been saying, as one someone on the ground. I think the, 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 the key issue there, and I think one of the things that we have um, seen over the years is that we seem to understand that when they are elected to serve, when they are elected to serve, um, they, 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 they have a, an ordained obligation to represent the people and to serve the people and to provide and to provide this development for the people. But most of the times you find what you see is that their, their own personal 
political interests, their own personal selfish interests come into play. And that prevents them now from from engaging in it, kind it, of development. It looks, like, it looks like Michael is calling us back. Yes. Hello? Yes, Michael. Yeah, like, the call dropped there for a minute. Can you hear me? All right, we seem we're making this connection for a Magic Jack um, connection with Michael. And um, it seems like we, we're having trouble to reestablish the contact. So we'll keep trying. But in the meantime, I think you, you raised something of, um, of, of concern to me in the sense that we get the feeling that people, people have lost the idea that when you go into politics, you go into politics um, to serve. Exactly. Not yourself, to serve the country. And that seems to be part of what we would con- what what seems to be the major issue with um with government. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, as 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 you might you know ask yourself, the there is a reason why um members of parliament are referred to in a way as the honourable minister, meaning that the position is I supposed to be an honourable position. And what we see happening is that folks uh, uh, got get elected to those positions and and don't maintain that honorableness of the position to serve the people. Now, granted, of course, that every country has its challenges. Um, I, I mean, that is not to say that as as developing countries there are challenges, but as I think Michael indicated earlier. I mean, when you compare, if you if you were to compare um, one administration against the other, and in that case, he was comparing when the Freedom Party was in office to what obtains now. Certainly, you can see a contrast. I mean, let's. I mean, we can take it and go down the list. We could say, for example, I mean, how do we contrast the ele- the agricultural sector as obtained under um, Prime Minister Eugenia Charles with what obtains now? How do we contrast the the the, the housing um, sector with what obtained then with what obtained now? How do we contrast the the you know the infrastructure, the roads, the bridges? How do you contrast the way in which a government respond to a, a, a disaster as against what? Folks seem to forget that when the Freedom Party, which yeah we're talking about tropical storm Erica which I know we want to minimize because it, it did meet, you know, devastation to the country. But folks seem to under, seem to forget that when um, the Freedom Party came into office, it came right on the heels of Hurricane David. Remember that, Tony? Hurricane David strike. And then immediately after that in 1980, you had Hurricane Allen. So how did you manage a situation like that? I, I, I recall... I recall then, you know, you had all this um, rationing of food supplies and, you know, basic household um, needs to 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 people of the country. Um, but that again is something one could contrast and say, well, how did the Freedom Party manage that disaster vis-a-vis how this current government manages the disaster? So I think these are issues that need to be discussed. And, 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 and I think the key here to, you know, this is not, one must not, when, when, when observations like these are made, one does not 
take must not take this personal. A democracy requires you to keep the heat and to keep the fire on the persons who are elected. This is what a democracy is all about. What are you doing to deliver? What is the development? And you shouldn't take that as being anti or you're against the government or you don't like the government. Democracy allows and requires that to happen. If you do not do that in a, in a democracy, then you have a dictatorship. Michael, you're back with us, right? Yes, I'm, 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 I'm there. Um, I, I, I like, um, what you're saying, but you, you need to understand, um, as in, that Dominica is a democracy in name only. Let's look at the Electoral Commission, okay? You have three lawyers there who are selling diplomatic pass, who are selling, sorry, passports. They have license to sell passports. From what I understand from some, some persons that I stand corrected, that they got what those licenses after they were appointed on the commission. What it is that they were offered for that position, to take that position. We have had agreements made to have a new lease and to ensure that they, 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 they have what you call electoral reform. Electoral reform is always to improve, not to, to, to the democratic process, to improve the, de not to compromise it. Now these sellers, they serve to compromise it, it seems. Because when I look at, um, some of the, 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 the emails that Tony Asafan, my, 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 my namesake, sent to um, <laughs> the Prime Minister Alec Lawrence and 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 then the, the Kondwani, it begs the question, these lawyers are are trained in the in the British system of law and and they appear to be um, you know compromising democracy with just those emails. Because um, it, it begs the question, and I'm sure you know what emails I'm talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah, that yeah. if they, they were to sanitize the list and they were to get voter ID cards, the Prime Minister's um, re-election legacy would be destroyed. So what are they doing that um, ID cards to show who's voting for you would be destroyed? Do they have people voting in five constituencies for them? Are they bringing people who vote in people's names on the list? So what Michael, are they doing? So Michael, Michael, again. So, 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 so we do, the, the, to say that we have a democratic process, what we are moving to ensure that we put in place what is expected in a democracy. Right. So that right now it is just not happening. Okay. And, um, I, 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 I see a move afoot to do that. Okay. And that's where I was going. That's where I was going. I beg the, to beg to, to, to ask, well, having said that, how do we change that? So, because earlier again, we mentioned the electoral reform and, and, and we know the structure of the commission, how it is structured and, and imbalance, if I may say that, stand corrected, it is. So, I mean, first of all, I think that the three lawyers who are selling passports, okay, because you and I can go and sell passports. You select people to sell passports because there's a lot of money to be made. We would like to know, one, 
how much taxes they have paid on the revenues from those passports. So the control of inland revenue should give us that information to know whether or not that they are paying taxes like me and you. Two, they should not be in the electoral commission because they will compromise the democratic process because they, they, they do not want the, 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 the monies they're making now, um, to lose that. Okay? And whether the monies were made and they didn't pay tax is a different story and they may invest, you know, they, they want to maintain that government get reelected, elected. So these three members, we should have members like that on the electoral commission. It's a, a, a commission that should be made up of gentlemen. How do we change? Who respect the democratic process. How do we change? Okay? We, we change that by, by advocating, having meetings, going to them, and, and when we see what we ask for is not um, happening, then we exercise on our democratic right. Look, we have a situation in Salisbury where people, because they never voted for that government for the last 20 years, they're discriminating against them, they're not fixing their rules, and when they demonstrate, you know, they don't get anywhere, so they decide to take um, civil disobedience, which is a normal democratic process. When you have demonstrated, when you have tried every avenue, legal avenue, to get what you want, the only other option you have available to you that is legal is civil disobedience. It's happening in there, it happened in America, it happened in Dominica in 1978, if you recall, civil disobedience. So why is the police using using guns on the people? Why there were four different people instructing the police during the, the demonstration, okay? Including um, the powers that be, sending instructions to different police officers on this matter. These are some serious things going on in Dominica, and you cannot have a country manage and run like that. Michael, I'm so glad we need to get to the bottom of it. Michael, I'm glad you mentioned earlier that you mentioned that number 20, um, meaning that the almost 20 years the, the Labour Party is in office now, going into their 20th year. So uh, that, that's yeah. significant. That's two decades. Um, let's, let's just go back to where we started earlier the, the conversation this evening and and I'm, I'm again I, I'm, I'm just trying to you know um, get as much out of you in terms of where and how the party stands to bring about that change that you are stating that is needed in the country the political change that political revolution um, yeah, we go, we're going to tackle the young people and okay, how, we're going how to optimistic do you see? Um, because the next the next general election is scheduled in in what year? 20, uh, 20. 2020. 2020. Yes. And we're in 2016. So we have a four year. Uh, uh, there is a four year period that you have your party has to to lay the groundwork and to prepare itself as a party to bring about that change. Okay. Feeling that. Let's We'll be looking at 25 years, which is... Okay, which is let, me, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Right now, the organs of the party is being resuscitated. Okay? We have been... We, 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 we are preparing for a convention. So it's not on life support? Have, huh? It's not on life support? What's not on life support? Well, this the party... The party has been functioning and effectively making recommendations to the people. We, we, 
one may say we may be on life support, but it's not on life support because we are very, we are very, um, you know, shall I say, confident in our position on what should be done in Dominica to the extent that we're preparing a post-Erica rehabilitation program and plan for the country. We're hoping to be able to to deliver that throughout the length and breadth of Dominica, but we are prepared. That is part of our strategic plan. We think that that has to be addressed immediately. And um, we know we have to do that because the present government is not doing anything about it, and I haven't heard much from the opposition on that, the um, official opposition, that is the UWP. You were so going, going to say to that you're going into a convention. Did I hear you say something about your preparation? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm saying what are we doing to ensure that we'll be ready for the next four years. The first thing is to get our annual convention going and then the organs of the party, Young Freedom Movement and those things functioning. We have our websites. We have different, um, what is the chats, website, Michael? Chats. Um, boy, I, um, I was, um, I had it there. Uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's been given to me. Okay, uh, okay. Well, the I, will, I will post it on TV uh, and radio afterwards. Yes, I will, um, I will, um, I think I left the, the exact, um, website, but it's, mm -hmm. um. That's okay, move on. Okay, but, 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 but Michael, listen, um, what I want to ask you is, okay, we, we've said all what the government is doing and not doing. I want to um, get your assessment of the United Workers Party as an opposition. Well, I, I don't want to speak for the United Workers Party. I think they could speak for themselves. Well, I want you to speak for them. I want you to, I want you to, to, to judge them because they are the ones in parliament who, well, <laughs> when we do have parliament, they are the ones that are the well, official opposition party. Let uh, me tell you, the Freedom Party uh -huh. does not have a seat right now, right? Uh -huh. So we have to use our influence to ensure that we can get, um, certain things, um, Tabled, you know, as much as possible through the, the through the correct channels. Mm -hmm. um, the UWP, I, I see they they they're going through a phase right now. Um, they had some massive um, um, growth along election time, but I see that they're going through a phase now, which is very trying for them. And I don't want to um, get involved in in that, but I I, I think. Um, you need to look at government's program very critically, not in a, a way that songs um, opposing opposing it in in an opposition way. You need to give uh, what what is going on and and why it is wrong and what you would do differently, okay, to improve it, okay. And I think that um, I don't want to advise them on how to 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 do this. But the opposition. Is having some difficulties. They claim at the, like for instance, the Public Accounts Committee. They're having difficulties in Parliament with a speaker, which is, you know, a poor excuse for speaker. Um, you see, the speaker keeps um, railroading them, telling them don't go down that road. But the speaker cannot preempt me as an elect elected official exactly. and tell me don't go down that road. She cannot preempt me. I would say, Madam Speaker, don't preempt me. Exactly. You cannot tell me. Well, you don't know where I'm going. Listen to me. You didn't elect me to come and represent. I'm talking to the people who elected me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would get, I would, I would get Madam Speaker so tired that she wouldn't want to come Parliament. 
You understand? You're because right Madam Speaker cannot tell me as an elected official what I must say and how to say it. Okay? When the Labour Party does it, she doesn't tell them anything. Why she wants to tell me don't go down that road? You see, and, and, and these are the fundamental um, flaws I see. And, and, and a freedom party would not tolerate that. We would, we would go to jail first before we tolerate that because we would, we would be adamant. They would want to arrest us and take us out of the house. But the speaker cannot tell us how to conduct. I mean, you need to conduct yourself respectively. But she cannot tell us which route to go down and not go down. We are representing the people. Mm -hmm. And if something is going wrong, the people need to know. She cannot silence us and she cannot tell us, she cannot preempt that we're going down that road and we shouldn't go down that road. I think the speaker is out of order and she must be put straight. And I, I think she's allowing, oh, sorry, Madam Speaker. We are, no, 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 I would not do that. I would not apologize to her. If I do something wrong, I would apologize. It's the only respectable thing to do. But she cannot take me for a little boy and tell me I cannot represent my people going down that road. That is out of, that is not part and parcel of her, her, her terms of reference. Her terms of reference is to ensure that the proceedings are conducted respectably, respectably. So, so, I, I, you know, I, I have a problem with them in dealing with her. They need to get that speaker so, so, so on her, P's and Q's that she would be afraid to come to the house. She wouldn't want to come to the house to deal with them. You understand? But, um, she preempts them and, and, and they apologize into her. I, I have difficulties with that. But anyway, that is, um, that's what they need to do. Because let me ask you, let me ask you the ultimate question. We would deal with that differently. We would deal with her differently. Michael. Um, what I want to ask you is, I, I, I want to give you the opportunity to paint a picture of what a, 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 a freedom party government would look like. What would be your main peers that you, that, that, that you would use to, to govern, whether it be economic, social, um, and, and so on? What, as, as, as a freedom party, what areas you think that that you would focus on, and what kind of results would you be would you be targeting as as a government? Well, let me tell you that is a, a very important question and a very serious question and a very difficult one because we do not know what our debt is, our true debt is. Mm -hmm. We getting money from Petro Caribbean, we do not know how much we owe them, we do not know how much we owe Alba. Okay, so when you get into government. You, while we have an economic plan, okay, that we, we, we've developed, the, the question is, what are the surprises you're going to have within the government? But first thing we're going to do is be transparent. We're going to have an open, transparent government. Nobody can travel without the people knows. And wherever they go, we want the people to know what they're doing. And if a government official is traveling them, they will get reports. And when they come in, a paper will be tabled to Parliament. So every cent spent, and if the money being spent when people travel is not bringing results, then that will have to stop. Agriculture and the farming community would be given some serious attention. How do you dovetail agriculture with tourism? Going to be given serious attention. We have to create new products in tourism. We cannot be having the same things that we have. Dominica has a history of the Negma War. 
how do we develop these sites where they were, okay, in TFM and those other areas, okay, to be a tourism attraction? How some of the roads that they built in the highlands of Dominica can be used as a tourism attraction? These are the kind of things, because when you go to the cruise lines, what they're telling you, there's no new products coming from Dominica. So we need to, as a government, to focus on our our heritage and our beauty. So how do you dovetail our magma, our heritage, our culture with, with, with the beauty of, of the nature island? And these are the kind of things that we have to do. How do we get our young people to want, to work and not want to be involved in, in crime and drugs? We have a serious problem in that direction. A lot of, a few Dominicans, misguided Dominicans are creating problems for all of us. So how do we deal with that from the police point of view, the security force point of view? How do you educate them? How do you retrain them when they go to prison? How do you ameliorate them so that they become citizens that will want to work for Dominica? This is a serious thing that we need to address. But it, it is treated in, uh, with this party in a very, um, you know, erratic way. There's no plan for anything. They don't have a policy for agriculture. The, the, the policy, I, I remember once I was at a meeting and I, the government talked about housing revolution. So, you know, my company does solar water heaters. So we wanted to know whether or not the houses that the government had in the revolution would include hot water and how do we, is there, is there a tender, how do you tender for those things, okay? Because we do plumbing also. Mm-hmm. The primary, so, um, so the competitive tendering process. The minister of, uh, of housing at the time was original Austria. <clears throat> he said, yes, man, we do, we do competitive tendering in, in Dominica, you know, we invite some of our, our contractors, people we know to tender, you know, to, to submit estimates. That is what he called competitive tendering. So government procurement, <clears throat> that need to be, um, there's a, something that the Dominica Association of Professional Engineers had prepared. That needs to be implemented to ensure that people get value for money. This government doesn't think that $2 million over for a project is anything, but the hospital is missing some basic drugs. They don't understand that. Once his job, <clears throat> this government built a hotel in Portsmouth. They say it's the Moroccan hotel, but I'm telling you, when you go to Morocco, you don't see hotels like that built, uh, especially um, from the, 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 the Moroccan, um, you know, royalty. So what, who is, who is the Moroccan government that is building that, that thing in Portsmouth? That is a, 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 a ISO and a monstrosity in, in, in the Portsmouth area. Is it a, 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 a hotel that was created to, to, as I say, to, to bring in money in Dominica that could not otherwise come in, 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 in the proper channel? It looks like it's something that was done <coughs> to, facilitate um, laundering. I don't know what it is because, you know, it has not contributed <coughs> to our young people. So something is radically wrong with the use of this land in that area to put something that cannot effectively contribute to employment of our young people. Is it still under to, construction, Michael, or is it completed already? 
This thing is a white elephant sitting there. Remember the Jurassic Park that Roosevelt Skerritt had signed an agreement as Minister of Education with the Venezuelans, you know, without cabinet approval? And it cost us 20 million to take it out to put the, what the Chinese gave him. Right. <clears throat> it was called Jurassic Park. It's becoming that like that. Um, I mean, what have you heard of our, of our geothermal project? It's just talk. I, I'm not sure that we, without an energy policy, where we go in with this geothermal product, project. Mm-hmm. Because for that geothermal project to work, um, as in, you need to get the electricity to the Domlek grid. That is going to cost maybe 50 to 60 million dollars. If they were to spend that just to trans, that doesn't include the cost of the geothermal project. We already did it for 60 million. But to build the geothermal plant and to bring the electricity to Domlek would be well over 100 million dollars. If you look at the present formula that Domlek has for the price of electricity, would give you what you call a tariff shock. Dominicans won't be able to, to turn on their light when they go home in the evening. So, why are we going down that road when there are alternatives? Okay, especially with the new technology in solar and battery storage and our hydro. Our hydro, um, has surplus in the night. During peak, it doesn't have. If we can store it and use it for peak, it would re- it would minimize the amount of diesel generation we would need. It, and if we could get wind and solar to complement it, then we may not need the geothermal. But they doing that spending $60 million could give us $60 million that they spend in the exploration for export. That should be done by the investor who wants to import the the. the the, the product, the, so the, the, the electricity. So but we find that you have a non-qualified person in the name of, um, Vince, Vince Henderson promoting this thing and talking like he's a prof- he's a professional in the area. And the thing is just came to a standstill. If you go up there, you wonder what is going on. So it would seem to I don't me like, that um, going on. it would seem to me like, so, uh, so from, what, from what you're seeing and based on the question Tony asked you, and notwithstanding the fact, as you pointed out, that when you get in there, you you need to see what what the the, the actual debt is and what surprises that may be there. But even from what you've just outlined, that seems to be a very challenging list to me as far as development yeah. is concerned. But if you understand development, once you understand the status of the economy, you can now plan properly. Okay, right. you can pull your resources together to address the situation. If you go to IMF with a song program, or you go to the World Bank with a song, or to an aid donor with a... Roosevelt Skerritt was the most fortunate prime minister in the history of Dominica. There were sales tax and consumption tax in Dominica, never owned more than $60 million. The, 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 while I was president of the Chamber of Commerce, we came up with a tax reform proposal for the government. Okay? That tax reform proposal we discussed with Edison James' administration. He didn't want to implement it at the time because the election was around the corner and he had to win his election. Dominica, under the Labour Party, got a Minister of Finance, Mr. Ambrose George. You know how he could not come for his travel expenses and all this kind of thing. 
So the, the, the financing of the country went upside down. Roosevelt Carrot signed an agreement to build a stadium for $19 million. That pr project went to a standstill. The economy fell. Okay? And then, poor Charles had to, was in a dilemma. The stabilization program was formulated with the Labour Union and the Freedom Party. And not the Freedom Party, the private sector. We felt in the private sector at the time that the public servant were being asked to pay the levy. We felt that it was unfair to the public servant because the whole country sat down and allowed the government to spend money in a very um, irresponsible way to put the country in a debt situation. We felt that everybody should pay. So rather than the civil servant pay 10-15%, we had a 5% levy. That worked beautiful. Then, so that was what they called the stabilization program. Then, as a condition of fin so some financing, they had to implement the VAT because the VAT would have spread the tax burden, okay, over everybody. Even persons who were in the drug business had to go to shop, they would be paying VAT. That was implemented instantly. The government was making 14, 15 million dollars a month. They could pay wages with all, and social security without having problems. But Roosevelt's carried, so you had a situation where 65 million dollars a year you got consumption tax and sales tax. That was replaced with VAT that was making 140 million dollars, 150 million dollars. What did he do with that 75 million dollars bonanza? What did he do with it? He increased the ministries. He now has 18 or 19 ministries and attorney general. Okay? How many advisors? He has crippled the resources of the country rather than invest it in the productive sector to employ our people. Okay? He has just created massive jobs for the boys and what is happening to our young people. They go to college, they graduate, and they un unemployed. Let me ask Michael. So you, Michael. you have an administration that, that had the opportunity, Alvin, to make a difference by investing the VAT money. Right now, he has an, he announced his failure just the week before Erica. He told us that for the, 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 the month, 20 days in the month, the 14, 15 to 16 million dollars is to collect. They only collected 4 million, so people shouldn't come for duty free anymore. So by saying so, he's saying that my government used to earn 14, 15, 16 million dollars a month. It is now the 21st or 22nd of the month. We only made 4 million. Okay? So he has, he has agreed that he has failed the country in that the economy is dragged down to the extent that the fat was, 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 was suffering by over 67%. Okay? That way he was not made, me said so. So it's important that you have to have a very prudent financial management of your economy. Let me ask you, Michael, you, let me ask a question. Hold your, hold your thought there. Um, in, in terms of all of that, and again, I'm going back to where we started off this evening's conversation, and that is positioning the Freedom Party to, to be the next government in office come 2020. 
Um, how, what programs do you currently undertake in, either in terms of radio? I know you mentioned all what has been done, the convention coming up, folks going away, trying to engage young people. What, um, how do you, the, the, what you're sharing on this program this evening, which is, which is great information. Where else have you been able to share that? Or how, how do you see yourself sharing that as part again okay. of the political revolution to sensitize the people, to inform the people so somebody can sit back, a young person sit back and listen to you? Um, I know again in the free, young freedom, in the freedom party era, you had the Freedom Party um, newsletter, you had radio programs, you had public meetings, you had all these things going on. So what what currently do you have in mind to engage in, or what do you have on the ground currently that you're able to share some of those areas you've just identified with the rest of Dominica and with the diaspora as well to get an appreciation of what's taking place on the ground? Okay, um, let me tell you, I will give you the different chat rooms that, um, no, the different, um, internet, um, chat rooms that we have where young persons are, are, are we, we put in our plans and, and, and discuss certain issues and then young people are able to participate. They join by, um, they join the program. They, they join the, the chat room, okay, and they, they contribute to it. We, we have the website that is back on stream, and it, we have changed it from DFP, um, to, uh, uh, a name I will get for you before the, the program ends, because I send the guy for, for it in the car. Um, the, the, the issue is we have a radio program once a month on, uh, the first, the last Wednesday at 8 to 10, on Q95. Okay, we issue press releases all the time. That you can get on, on both our website and the different, um, chat rooms that we have. And, um, we are also having meetings in different parts of the island. Like, for instance, we have an upcoming meeting in Portsmouth. Okay, pretty soon. Where we will be discussing some of the, the things I, 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 I am the strategic plan and the other things that we're doing. Mm -hmm. So we are moving on, okay, in that re regard. Okay. We're going to, we're going to, um, have a press release on our website pretty soon. So you will get it because we, we're just testing it and it's functioning and already people are commenting. And when you put things on the website, certain things people are commenting, but some of it do comment and they come to your website directly and give you some, you know, real, um, kudos as to well, they, they, they're pretty happy that the Freedom Party is back so, and so from what you're saying, from what you're saying there, you're engaging the social media, which is, which is, yes, a, a, powerful, social media. a powerful medium. I mean, this is one of the yes, areas but, that enabled Barack Obama to win his election using the social yes, media. So that's, that's good. What concerns me is a lot of persons will not comment on the social media directly because they know they will be victimized. Mm -hmm. So they they meet you and they discuss and give you ideas and or they contact you on your own website, okay, on your own email address. So when you see people are contacting you and, and, and raising some issues, even some labor rights and UWPIs, they're doing that. Okay, so you can see that we are responding 
to to the, to the masses. We've never criticized what government is doing. We this we this we we, we praise it. If there's a problem, we tell them how to improve on it, and and this is the issue. Like for instance, the Yes UK program. This is a program I'm sure you're all familiar with Care, which is a Catholic program where they would go to old people's homes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure they have a meal, make sure they bathe, make sure they have mm-hmm. the right medication, mm-hmm. and where you know people are really badly off, they try to place them in one of the old people's homes, like the infirmary or, or grotto home, and those things. Now. The government came up with Yes You Care. It's a, a program where you put in our money, taxpayers' money, to help people who are of age and who cannot help themselves, which is an excellent program. The difficulty we have with that program is you have the prime minister and his, his parliamentarians dressing in their red shirt and going and parade themselves around the people at their home being fed, being co- their hair being combed. Like, you, you know, we told, and we've been telling them, we're a Christian society. We believe what your right hand is doing, the left hand not supposed to know. I mean, that is what Christ said. That is what we believe. When you take taxpayers' money, to help people, and you do as if it's your money, and you have your red shirt. This is wrong. You, this is, this is, I mean, how could you do something like that? It is unchristian like, and it is, it is, it is a lie to the people like it's your money. It's an excellent program. It needs to be expanded to ensure everybody is, not only if somebody doesn't support your party, that they, they won't be victimized, you know? And, and, and this is the way a social program is supposed to work. And you don't go and promote it like is you the first to feed people, first to, 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 to comb their hair or old people. You know, I mean, this is the difficulty I have with the administration of this program. And furthermore, it's undemocratic because as a ruling party, when you do that, what do you do to the opposition? The opposition doesn't get a chance to go on the radio and to, to, to let, on the very GIS program, to let the people know that this is wrong, we would do, and they say that we are opposing the program because we will change it when we come in. That is not so. All we're saying is, government, ministers should not put on their red shirt and go and canvas behind the people getting government assistance. It's not their money, first of all, and second of all, it is unchristian-like, and it is wrong. Okay? In a democratic country, and and, and this is the the, the 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 way we deal with things. We we listen. We have a program we're going to start uh, where we go around Dominica and listen to the people. Um, we started it already in a very small scale. So we are preparing to ensure that we will be a force to contend with. So so do you see do you see Michael, do you see the Freedom Party as having a full is your plan to have a full slate of candidates contesting every constituency in twenty twenty? Well, um we may not be able to contest all twenty one, but surely we will contest um at least twelve to fifteen minimum, okay? So we are now identifying people in the different constituencies, um that could serve as um, leaders in certain polling districts, okay? So each polling district, we have to have a representative. So we are beginning to canvas to, to get those persons. 
and you, when you go there, you you can you can see the, the the nature of the cry. People want employment. People want things to do. People don't have money to the disposable income that they normally have. So that makes you as a government giving handouts to be very um, needed, very much needed. And uh, I think the the agricultural programs that they've had is not well organized. So you can see that they cannot organize programs in an open, transparent way that could lead to a productive sector. I mean, that would would, would export whatever that, that they're doing. So, so Michael, let me ask. Let me let me ask you, Michael. Hold hold that thought, because you raised something there a while ago that 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 my interest. If you say that you may not be able to to provide or put uh, put forward a representative in the twenty one constituencies and possibly could do twelve or fifteen, um, would that does that suggest that? Um, and I know earlier on you you kind of alluded to that in your conversation. Does that suggest that there could be a likely of a strategic alliance in the other areas or constituencies that you may not necessarily be able to put one up? Or is it a question whereby you would own, you would go with the 15 constituent that you feel comfortable or rather form an, an, an alliance? Um, and that alliance, uh, between now and then, could manifest itself in several forms. Um, I know for one that alliance is not going to be with the Labour Party, so that's a foregone conclusion. Um, as to whether it's going to be with the opposition, I don't know whether with some other grassroots um, organization or individuals that would ensure a success at the polls of the Freedom Party. I'm just throwing that out there for what it's worth. Okay, Alvin, let me tell you. Dominica and the people come first to the Freedom Party. Okay? Now, whatever alliance we come together has to be for Dominica and the people. Okay, makes sense. Okay? Because it, it doesn't make sense that um, political parties go and focus on getting re-elected all the time without focusing on the bread and butter issues of the people, their work, their education, and their, 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 their self-esteem. There's no development of a people if they're, they're, they're not independent, one, and they cannot earn the income to support their family in a respectable way. And this is what we profess as a party, middle to right, that we want to see an economy where the people are able to provide for themselves and the economy rather than have to hand out because at the end of the day what redistributing wealth does not bring growth you know. what brings growth is people investing being employed having savings and reinvesting those savings for the employment of our young people that's how growth begins Agreed. Now, if you look at the number of people paying Social Security from the time the Labour Party came in to now, it has dropped drastically. Now, they used to have part-time workers and full-time workers. The way they record full-time workers and part-time workers is different than it used to be done. So you don't get a clear picture of how many people that they have as that are part-time. So these are the kind of statistics that they're playing around with. 
So, so the, so, so the, that, that doesn't give you a true picture, and the true picture tells you from the report from the United Nations that Dominica's economy for 2015 contracted by 2.7%. So the, so the okay. answer to the question is the Freedom Party is going to go with where they feel comfortable, and if it's 12 or 15, that's what they're going to do. Yeah, but but uh, but of course, and I'm, I'm telling you, there are some seats that you may have a ready candidate, but you may decide that it might be best to form an alliance with that individual who has a, a popular um, position, and you want to work with him in that area, because if the candidates are able to outline their strategy for their constituency, then the people will be able to know who they're talking with. But when people go on a political platform, giving me free, you have to only ask them, who doesn't know how to run a constituency, but he goes criticizing um, Tom, Dick, and Harry um, to the end in a very negative way without bringing to bear how they could run the economy and create employment better than the, the opposition or the ruling party. It, it, it doesn't honor well for people to support you. You have to, first of all, come across um, genuinely uh, you have to learn to listen because sometimes you don't know the answers. But if you listen, you talk among yourself, then you come up with a solution. That's true. You may not know the answer now, but when you listen to the people, it's important to know what the people want because that's the best way you can represent their interests. That's true. That's true. I but guess the, the biggest, yeah, I agree. The biggest, the biggest failure is us to tell people what they want. You cannot do that. Yeah. You need to know what they want and try to articulate what they want in a format that could deliver what they want, okay? So that it will improve the livelihoods of their children and the community where they live and the island as a whole. Yeah, you're right. But I guess the host, um, Tony, might take that up on another on another talk um, because I was just going to throw in a little, you know, go ahead, go a ahead. sticker in there and say, well, from, from your assessment and given what you've just said, it would seem that people people um, the, 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 and, and that applies not just to Dominica. People vote party and not individuals, or is it the other way around? Do they vote individuals and not party? I don't well, know what Tony people, might say. People, so people, they vote the Freedom people, Party or they vote the individual? Do they vote scary or they vote well, the party? Well, they vote, they vote party because of the individual. Okay? And it's, it's, it's becoming tribal. It's becoming tribal. And it's, it does not. This is the first prime minister in any democratic country within the last 15 years who has not had a debate with the opposition. This is the first prime minister. You go and check all democratic countries. When there's election, you have a debate. You have the candidates meeting and talking so that the people can assess who, um, who is um, Austria, who is um, the... The UWP candidate, who is the Freedom Party candidate? Boy, you know something? Miss Sensor, this, this guy looks like he, he, he knows what he's talking about. You have, um, some person who, who don't understand their role as parliamentarians. They believe that their role is to ensure that they, they, uh, victimize all those who don't support them. Okay? As a parliamentarian. And they put a machinery in place to identify those people and to go out of their way to victimize them. And this is wrong. The Freedom Party believes that 
people who don't support them are the people you listen to. In addition to the, there's some people, no matter how much you listen to them, you can't get them to, 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 to side with you. We know that, we know how to identify them. Okay? But it is important that persons on the um, fence who don't support, who are not mercenary in whatever party they support, they're not tribal in it. These are the people you need to go to who don't support you to talk to them on how you can do things differently and why you must do it differently for the benefit of our children and, and the country. And that is, the, that is what's going to, that is what's going to make the Freedom Party succeed. It's the effectiveness of its ability to do that. Okay. So Michael, as we, as we come to the end of the program, we have to, we have to start wrapping up. I'm listening to you all tonight and I'm listening to the points that I've been raised as well. I, I think you're very, very, um, beneficial and informative discussion. And it seems to me that one of the things that we have to focus on is to change the the way in which we do our politics. So, so you alluded to um, the idea of somebody going in a pulpit and being able to entertain the crowd, give mepui, um, or, or somebody going around and hand, doing handouts. I I hear the story of um, there was fertilizer that was available recently and instead of the government giving it to farmers who may need it, they gave it to party oper operatives to to hand out to persons and because who, I guess, who are now in, uh, uh, some uh, of them are in the fertilizer uh, business selling fertilizer. Selling fertilizer because in it was yeah, what they give them that they don't need because they they're not farmers. They're not they're selling it. But how do you how do we get to change the way in which we do politics? So that we can get, and, and the question that Alvin asked you about the people vote personalities or do they vote party? And my answer is that people should be voting on issues and on policies. So how do we yep. get, how do we change that dynamic where we can, we can get people to, to see and okay. to understand issues and policies and therefore make a more educated, um, use of their, of their right to vote? Okay. First of all, I think, Political parties in Dominica must be open to going to meetings with other opposition, both opposition and ruling party meetings to discuss issues. All right? You have the, the Freedom Party having their programs, okay? And they invite persons to speak on issues. A call or calls, whether it's UW or, or Freedom Party who and outline their concern, their opinion on the matter. Okay? We do our very best to shed light on it. What I would like to see is rather than you having individual programs, you have a pressure group in Dominica, be it the Lions Club, be it the Catholic Church, be it the, the Christian Union, who recognize the need to hear what the Labour Party, the Freedom Party, and you know, would do on an issue. What is their position on the issue? And call them together and ask them serious questions. Not, not when like um, Curtis Murphy would ask the Prime Minister, "Oh, I, I know you, you came and you had a, a rough flight into Dominica and whatever." No, 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 no. You have to look at the issues, face on, and ask some serious questions for the people to be educated on your ability to manage the country effectively and to solve the problems they have and to create an environment where the children can get employment. 
And this is important, and the media must play their role, and the civic organizations must demand several special groups to, to, to pull these guys together. You can't be a prime minister and not be able to go and face the opposition leader. This is disrespecting the office of prime minister. A prime minister must be able to respect the opposition. I used to remember the House of, of Assembly. You would see Mike Douglas giving Eugenia some serious pressure on some issue. But then when they would break, they would really respectably talk to one another. You would see them smiling, talking, and discussing issues. Right now, it's, it's, it's like it's a battle, you know. There's no respect for, for, for the office that they hold, and there's no respect for the opposition or people who don't support them. That is why we have that problem in Salisbury. And that problem is not solved. The people of Salisbury, you know, we need to support them fully to, 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 so that their democratic right as a citizen will be delivered. You cannot deprive them of rules that they motorable rules. You cannot deprive them of, 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 and you can't just send police to shoot them out when they, they decide to demonstrate. That is a democratic right that they have. And this is the problem that, 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 that we see that, um, that, 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 that can improve, that we need to be able to get the police Welfare Association and the Police Administration to understand that the, the, the democracy and the rights of people to demonstrate and the rights of people, if my memory serves me right, in the Millennium Development Goals, they encourage you to allow people to demonstrate their democratic rights and where they don't get it, achieve it through legal means to, 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 to take civil action and that is a fundamental right also in a democracy. I think these are some of the, the, the things that they advocate. And these are some of the things that we advocate. We would like to see um, programs on every radio station that would invite persons to know what is their opinion on issues and not invite them to embarrass them, which is what um, I notice they've been doing on some of the other programs. You invite a guest and you try your best to embarrass him. Okay, I remember um, this had happened where a certain guest walk off walk out of, of, of certain radio stations um, because the host was being very obnoxious. I mean, we, we have to learn to agree to disagree and we have to learn to have different programs. We have to learn to be able to outline our programs uh, and, and persons outline them and the people will decide what they want. Because, you know, remember social programs are cost to the taxpayer. Okay? And how you, when you come up with a social program, you have to make sure that it's sustainable. Because you can't go and help people today, and all of a sudden tomorrow they can't get that help. So, 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 when you come in up with programs, you have to do it in a, in a sustainable way. You have to create employment. You have to ensure that government revenues are collected. You have to make sure that government expenditure is done in an open, transparent way and an accountable way that you don't spend ten dollars when you should be spending two. And this is what we failed it. You know, I mean, when you look at Dominica selling diplomatic passports, this is illegal inter in international law. But we've had time we have had diplomats being arrested. If you are the one ambassador and I'm the Prime Minister and you've seen five ambassadors arrested what does that say about you? They will take you for a scam too. Yes or no? Oh yes, certainly. You're right. You're so right. when you are going to sell diplomatic positions, you know, and you cannot put that money in, in, in the 
consolidated fund. Where is that money going? And when people are arrested and you're president, you, you don't tell the people, this man has a presented his credentials to me. I do not know that guy. I cannot, I cannot, um, maintain that president's position. But apparently the president look at the salary and not their role to protect democracy. And, and, and this is the fundamental problem that we face. I take it that the president is no longer part of the new revived Freedom Party. I don't think he was ever part of the Freedom Party. I think he's an opportunist. He works with the Freedom Party to his good. He maneuvered within the Labour Party. Now he's president. He's, he's a good politician. Some people may consider that dishonest, but I think he's a good politician. What has he contributed to the development of Dominica? That's a different story. Mm. Has he created employment? I mean, if you talk to people who work with me, he, he, he doesn't like to see people go, go forward. He alone wants to go forward, and he, and he made sure he did that. So it's, uh, I mean, I, I have good respect for the gentleman. For the office. But, <laughs> I, but, but I don't respect him as my president because you cannot be. Oh. oh my, we seem, we seem to have lost Michael, um, we'll try to get him again, but the conversation was pretty interesting, Alvin, uh, as we as we come to, to a close, um, I'm going to try to get Michael back so we can say a proper, a proper good night to him, um, but, but he raised a lot of salient points, I think he touched on, on many, many of the issues that, um, that, that we that we recognize as necessary for taking the country forward. Oh, certainly. I agree with you on that, Tony. I mean, um, the number of areas raised this evening, I mean, this discussion was very stimulating. And that's why I go back again and, and try as much as I could to ask him, how does he, or what program do they have in place to disseminate that same information to folks out there? You know, because... I mean, we are living in an, in an informed society, no matter where you are. I mean, technology being what it is today, um, social media, WhatsApp, Instagram, I mean, you just name it, allows for the dissemination of information. So, um, at the end of the day, um, Dominicans both here, um, in Dominica and overseas can make an assessment on the information yeah. presented to them. No, Michael, so, so I was just saying that, um, we'll kind of reconnect so we can give, give us your, your closing remarks. Let's make your case for, for the, for the Dominican voter, both in Dominican diaspora. Make the case for, for, for the, for the need that you see for a revival, for, 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 for a new era in Dominica that's going to be led by, by the Freedom Party. The Dominican Freedom Party is on a journey to ensure that the democratic process is done in a respectable way. The opposition is an essential part of government and that it must be respected because without the opposition, the accountability of government tends to go away. And we need the opposition. The Freedom Party wants to ensure that, that it creates an enabling environment as it has done before for the people so that our young people um will gain employment. You're going to we're going we we're going to have the farming community, the productive sector, we're going to give uh, some support for the for the um 
revitalization of the productive sector, in particular agriculture. Agriculture has tremendous potential for Dominica, and we need to ensure that we, we, we do that. Our infrastructure has been dilapidated by the, the past term, Erica. That has to be revitalized, and that could create tremendous employment. And while you're doing that, the productive sector, we want to ensure that Dominicans, no matter where they are, can contribute to the development in a very um, systematic and, and, and very patriotic way. We want to ensure that the, the rule of law prevails. We want to ensure that if there's an election and somebody con um, contests that election and he feels that he was unjustly treated and he raises a petition, it is heard in a timely manner. You do it three and a half years that the judge will say, well, the three and a half years, if I say Mr. wasn't um, legitimately elected, then it means that the court allowed him for three and a half years to do things illegally. Compromising itself, you have the, our OECS court compromising itself. We would want to ensure that we would pressure the court to hear the matters in a timely manner so the people know who the elected officials are. We would want to ensure that the, the, the electoral commission is independent, the public service, the, the public service, the public accounts committee can function, and that you have a audit, um, the director of audit, who is an independent person and who is impartial. And these are the kind of things that the Freedom Party wants to see in government because in our democratic, um, situation, if we don't do that, we will break down the moral fabric of the moral fabric of Dominica, and you will destroy democracy at its seams, and you will have a police force that is accountable to to the elected official or the person who gives them the job. This is what we see in Dominica, and this is we want to change. So the Freedom Party is is looking for a Dominica that we can all be proud of, where. Opportunities are given to everybody to contribute to the development of Dominica. Certainly, and Alvin, Alvin, I think we had a very, like you were saying when we when we lost Michael a minute ago, very lively, very informative, very stimulating um, discussion. Yeah, I agree, Tony. I, I think this evening um, discussion was very stimulating, very lively. Um, I, I hope that um, the persons who are tuning and listening was able to um uh, are now well informed and that at least have some information that will form a basis for some discussion and, and get a better idea, better picture as to some of the issues that you know that would concern us Dominicans, as I say, those of us in Dominica as well as uh, those of us overseas. So um certainly I, I think Michael you 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 kinda did you did an excellent job painting the picture and really, you know, um giving us a good overview. As, as to how you see um, the way forward um, for the development of, of, of Dominica. Okay, thank you. I want to thank you for giving me that opportunity for, for, for talking and to express what the Freedom Party wants to do and how they're going to do it to make a difference for Dominica and to improve democracy uh, in the country and to improve the livelihood of the people. I want to thank you for that. And I'm looking forward to... Um, to send in you um, via email our website and contacts so persons can, you know, see, see, you know, participate in the process and make a contribution to the development of the Dominica Freedom Party and Dominica and democracy um, by extension. 
Well, Michael, I, I want to say thank you very much for agreeing to be our guest on this weekend interview. I, I, I know I know that you are a extremely busy person, um, but you came and you and you were very informative. I, and there are so many more things that we can talk about. So what I can say is, this is not hopefully this is not the last time that you will be on this weekend interview. You have an open invitation. Um, you can contact us as as your as a development of. Um, the move to revive your freedom party moves forward as you move your programs into high gear, as your need develops to reach persons and to inform them of what, of what is going on. Feel very, very free to, to come on either as a guest for the hour or if it's five minutes that, that, that it will take. We will, we will sit down. You have an open mic here. That's a very big yeah, okay, Because we have I, an objective. I'll take you up on, first of all, our post-Erica rehabilitation plan, so we could discuss it, and it would be nice if we could get persons to call in and contribute, so we could treat the program, so that when, when we present it to the people of Dominica, it will be something that the people will look forward to, and it's something that we hope in the government will, will, will take up, because... Um, we know the people are suffering, we know the infrastructure is in a serious situation, and we do not want to see our guests, visitors coming to Dominica being, being, um, you know, hurt because of the poor condition of the infrastructure. We need to really ensure that we rehabilitate them and get them functioning and get the economy going so that, um, people will, you know, livelihood will become maybe back to normal and persons will be earning income and being able to employ other persons. Okay, so then we'll contact you so we can we can arrange for us to talk about the that, that program, the Erica um recovery programs. We certainly would be interested in that. Um we didn't get a chance yeah. to talk about the education, we haven't spoken about health. There's a number of areas okay. that, that we still haven't spoken about. So Michael, as I said, um, we certainly yeah, look there's a lot of to, things to, to talk about. We have the demise of the public works division and the workers, which is certainly know, which, which ties into America. I would love to talk about those things because the people in Dominica need to know when you come to Dominica and you see a new road. Um, the new road is will bring development when it can produce. Um, you know, taking our goods and services to market for the unemployed our people. If it's a good road for people to drive up and down and does not contribute to the development of the country, then somewhere along the development plan it is it, 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 lacking and then these are things that we have to look yeah. forward. So so Michael we'll leave it there we'll leave it there because we've we've been we've been on the generosity of the producers. It's it's after ten o'clock and I I really thank you for the generosity of your time. And um, I, I wish you to look forward to, to another conversation in your future. Okay, my Oh, thank you very much. Right, no, we haven't I mean, so many issues. There's, there's so many, and some of it is like low-hanging fruit. There's things that we should obviously be able to take care of that 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 um, the current administration is just making heavy weather of. And um, but I think Michael. You know, it's exciting to hear that the, there's there's an, an additional alternative um, that will bring a different perspective that will sort of start to put a boundary around around the government that seems to be be running rampant and untethered. Um, but the very very interesting discussion. Well, of course, it's a pleasure having you in, in studio. 
Um, Brooklyn, maybe we have to move the studio one time to Atlanta so we can we can do it again on your home turf. Yeah, yeah I, I agree, Tony. I, I think I would I would I would sum it and and title the discussion this evening as democracy and development. And 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 one of the things I think um, the the listeners will agree to, and and those those who who engage in that kind of discussion, um, democracy cannot thrive without development and development cannot thrive without some without democracy and i think what uh, michael was able to capture tonight is is how how do we um um uh emerge and 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 present that democracy in development and and as you said i think he seemed to have a very exciting program that is the um freedom party and um, certainly, it, it is something I'm sure um, folks will look forward to. You you got to have an alternative. You got to have, as I said, democracy and development with it. So, again, Tony, thanks for um, inviting me to to co-host this um, weekend um, this weekend interview. This weekend interview with you. It was certainly a pleasure. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Maybe we will have to talk to the producer. Maybe I may have to come down there once a month. <laughs> um, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll see how that works. We use technology. Uh, we have, we have a technology yeah. where we can... We can but thanks we can again for, for inviting me.